maybe? I don't know. Did you know that's an option? Because when I turn off HD, there's too much glare. But when I turn on HD, there's no glare. Actually, I do think mine is on HD. And I also click the option that says make me prettier. There's an option like that. Oh, there's I need that. that Wait, where's that? You gotta go to, um... Like the camera settings. Video. I don't know if you want to fuck with that right now, though, Kim. I just want to be beautiful. Well, you need to put some tape over the camera, then. That was a good, that was a good goof, Jack. Nice setup. That was an excellent goof. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine when you take it. Wait, does yours say make me beautiful? Mine says touch up my appearance. Yeah, I mean, it, it has a sliding scale depending on how much work it has to do. <laughs> right. Wait, mine doesn't have either of those things. <laughs> it's a lost cause. Yeah, yours just says oof. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's just the suicide prevention hotline number that's right there. Your option just says I'm not a miracle worker. All right, here we go. All right. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, uh -huh. Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience live. in a show called... So live. Yeah! Hello, everyone! Welcome to Stab Comedy uh -huh. Theater. Uh, from Placerville, California, Sacramento, California, and somewhere in Alabama. I forgot already. Uh, thanks for it's checking really in. Okay. A couple of hours early, uh, but uh, thank you for coming. Uh, let's meet our contestants really quick, shall we? Shall we? Uh, just below me, with the blue screen in the back, uh, Jojo Lewis. Hello, Jojo. Hello. Hi, everybody. Jojo, I want to let you know we've been running reruns of Stab um, from six years ago, and I. I gotta put it. How do I put it to you? Uh, you didn't age well. No, I did not. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about some of your material. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we only do it once, then it goes away. <laughs> right. Apparently not. Well, if you if you want to go back and cringe, watch an episode of Stab. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying it should be just context. That's all. So mm. uh, that's what people need to watch the show with context. You know, nuance, the American way. <laughs> anyway, Jojo, thank you for being here. Thank uh, you for we're going to move on and get this thing started uh, after we meet everyone else. Uh, Kim! Hi! Hi, How, how's Alabama? That's real bad. <laughs> Are you there? Did you, you followed your man there. Is that what you have? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he got a job at the university here. Um, right. And we thought, we it. thought, college town it won't be that bad it's pretty bad is it worse i mean it's worse than california yeah <laughs> although gas is a dollar uh 36 right now oh my god it's still great. not worth it gas prices are the same era of their politics that's good mm -hmm. <laughs> probably mm -hmm. well uh we're glad you're being a shining Liberal light in that city, I hope. I'm going to get dragged behind a car for this. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the internet in other houses, Kim. That's true. I'm using up all the internet here. All right. Uh, Jesus. Where is everything gone? My computer just. Oh, my God. Jeff, so there you are. Old. Jesus Christ. Hi, Jeff. Hi. How are you today? I'm indoors. 
You're indoors. You're staying home. Like every other day. Uh, I'm in. I'm in SAC still. I'm not in Alabama, so things oh, are no. great for me. That's good. That's yeah. good. My man didn't oh. want me to follow him to Alabama. So. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure your baby didn't leave? Uh, Ken? Uh, and you followed your baby. Do you have a baby, Jeff? You don't have a baby. No, I mean, I have a bunch of cats, which is like a stand-in oh. for a baby. They're, right. yeah. They're exactly the same. They're exactly the same. Yes. Very good. All right. Let's, uh, Jesse Jones, let's meet you really quick. Yeah, it's not necessary. <laughs> You're not in the mood to talk? <laughs> I'm <other>? fine. <laughs> I mean, he's better as a disembodied voice. <laughs> it's weird That's not good. being able to see you, Jesse. Well, all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and play stab. Let's do it. Let's, let's start this thing. Here's a sound effect for you, everyone. Uh, if we could do this. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think it was. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, this first segment, it's called reorganization. Please take the following acronym. Reimagine it. Uh, what does it now stand for? Mm -hmm. Who or what uh, does it represent uh, now? Uh, Jojo. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know today's acronym very, very well lately, and that acronym is COUCH, C-O-U-C-H. What does COUCH mean to you, Jojo? Well, uh, what's the most important part? I mean, let me ask this question. What's the most important part of a balanced breakfast? That question's rhetorical. It's, it's cereal. <laughs> cereal is the most important part. And I don't care what the liberal media says. You need that sugar. You need that weedy corn pop goodness every morning. If you're going to stay inside and make those big decisions and and move and shake in your in your business workroom that you right. have, and all the people who are acting as if cereal is not the most important part, I got news for you: you're done. And furthermore, you're not going to get any of my cinnamon swirls from a CT crunch. <laughs> and to further my goals to make sure that cereal is the only breakfast food, and also blow up all the IHOPs and Einstein bagels I can find, mm. I have formed the organization Couch super villainous organization and couch stands for clandestine operations united in serial happiness mm. and our mandate is nothing short of burning down destroying or otherwise eliminating every fast casual or sit down breakfast solution that doesn't get tossed into a bowl and covered in that syrupy sweet mugu mm. very good jojo let's hear it for jojo everyone let's clap Let's clap. Let's not. Oh, God, that's really sad. <laughs> oh, God, the green popped up, Joe. Green screen. His head exploded. Green. Mm -hmm. um, Kim Martell, you're yes? next. What does couch mean to you while I grab a piece of pizza? <laughs> hey, fam. It's me, social media darling and known influencer Kim Martell. These are unprecedented times. As we move our lives from our offices to our living rooms, We'll find ourselves encountering new and sometimes daunting situations. What are the rules? Can I drink at work now? Should I take down my poster of Tupac superimposed over two howling wolves when we do the daily check-in? <laughs> to help with this transition, Emily Post Institute has a bit of workplace etiquette that may come in handy during your next Zoom meeting. Couch, that's clothing optional, under chest height. That's right. Call it business extremely casual. If you want to go full Winnie the Pooh at your next conference call, you feel free to do so. Now, you may be asking yourself, but Kim, where does that leave crop tops? Technically, it covers the chest, but where does the chest end exactly and the stomach begin? Excellent question, person who's always looking for the line. I've got you covered with a little rhyme to help you. 
if you can sip a Pepsi Cola without slipping an areola, it's couch approved. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Hey. Kim Marco. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Welcome to Steph. There we go. Nailed it. No. They're shorts. <laughs> this is what I call my genitals, shorts. Um, <laughs> Jeff. They're called pants in the United Kingdom. They're called Jeff. pantaloons in the past. Your turn now. What was a couch to you? Cold December mornings with hot cocoa. Warm summer days with iced tea. Thanksgiving turkey and St. Patrick's Day corned beef hash. There's no stronger memory in your mind than days spent at grandma's house and the food she prepared during your childhood. Unfortunately, grandma has gotten much older and her memory isn't what it used to be. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that her age-old recipes should disappear along with her sense of identity. That's why the good people at Betty Crocker have created a new cookbook with the aid of hundreds of grandmas for you to enjoy, titled Dinner and Dementia, Meals from Memory. <laughs> Due to their degrading mental state and inability to remember the day their grandchildren were born, these grandmas use an acronym system to share their favorite dishes and ingredients. For example, on page 23, we have a recipe from Marilyn Bradford from St. Louis, Missouri. She shares her recipe for a perfect winter stew using the acronym COUCH. C, carrots. O, onions. U, uh, <laughs> C, carrots. H, Henry Winkler from Happy Days was my favorite character. Your granddad once said that he, if he were a woman, he'd let Henry Winkler kiss him on the lips. We also have a recipe from Geraldine Robinson of Reno, Nevada on page 48. She shares her recipe for carrot cake using the acronym SHELTER. S, salt. H, help. E, eggs. L, let me die. T, time. E, evaporated milk. And R, release me. On store shelves this holiday season, don't forget to pick up Dinner and Dementia Meals from Memory. Available in hardback, paperback, and hardback. <laughs> Very good, Jeff. So sad. Kim said it was okay. I did. My Grammy has dementia. Yeah. Well. And if it's it's the equivalent of being able to say the N word. <laughs> Is it? Right. <laughs> it's still probably not okay. But in our text chat, I told him it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. You do live in Alabama. I guess it's changed. <laughs> right. Jesse Jones, yeah. what does couch mean to you? It's one of the most resilient parts of the human body, male or female. You can pound it, stretch it, shit. You can even push a whole fucking baby through it, and it just keeps coming back for more. But check it. Sometimes, no matter how careful you are, or how well you take care of that shit, eventually you're going to have to deal with a little bit of a sea ouch. <laughs> and that's where the world-class male doctors of Bromosutal Dudenologies comes in with their latest feminine whole care products, the Twat Nozzle. You got a sea ouch? No sweat, dudette. The twat nozzle's gonna get all up in them guts, flush some shit out, and lickety-split. Your split'll be ready for some lickety. 
A little tender from getting boned down too deep by one of the bros. <laughs> Pee a little when you laugh, idiot. <laughs> Bleeding too much. Bleeding too little. Whatever you see, <laughs> whatever you see, ouch. The righteous brohams at Bromaceutical Dudeologies is able to cure any gnarly gash catastrophe. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Able to cure any gnarly gash catastrophe the the lady in your life might be dealing with down there. And just get a bottle of salve or ointment. Oh, we don't know, fucking lotion or something. Lay back, pop the cap, and split your slit with the business end of the twat nozzle. Then just pour that shit in. If it's medicine, that'll fix that shit right up. If it's lotion, it'll moisturize that shit right up. If it's, we don't know, flowers or something, it'll do whatever they're supposed to do. We don't pretend like we know everything. <laughs> we don't pretend like we know everything your C needs. We just made a thing to <laughs> help you put it up in there. So get your shit together and funnel it down your gal pal's cooch canal. And soon enough, all your C ouch will be a thing of the fucking past. And you'll be back on the road to Plowtown. Population your snatch. Thanks to the twat nozzle. <laughs> New from Promaceutical Dudenologies. <laughs> oh my god. Damn it. That wasn't very Christmassy. Go <laughs> home. Can you are home? Uh, Can I go Homer? <laughs> <laughs> Someone has a sea ouch. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on quickly. <laughs> uh, this next segment uh, is called the uh, Topical Haiku Challenge. Uh, please have written three haiku in regard to the following story. A headline, Roseanne calls coronavirus a ploy to get rid of all my generation. Roseanne Barr has weighed in on the novel coronavirus pandemic, and she seemingly believes it is a cunning plan to kill baby boomers. So brave. Uh, we'll do one at a time. Uh, haiku go. We'll start with you, Jojo. Mm. This first haiku is titled Ultimatum. You can catch Rona, or you can let us live here rent-free. Make a choice. <laughs> Very good. That's all I got. Very good. Uh, Kim, you're first of three. Uh, I have old conservatives. Maybe it's a good idea if we let some go. Very good. <laughs> Jeff? That's really a joke there. <laughs> it's just Kim's thoughts. That's her inner monologue. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had that written down brain. before you sent the prompt. Well, it just happened to fit into a haiku form. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a tweet that I had in drafts. It was just on a sticky note somewhere <laughs> on your desk. Uh, my first one's titled Season Finale. Retcon for Roseanne. Heart attack didn't kill Dan. It was Corona. <laughs> Very good. And Jesse Jones? Uh, first is titled Fishing for a Solution. Coronavirus. Working better than getting them hooked on jam bands. <laughs> Very good. Jojo? Uh, getting rid of your generation. That's the title of this one. Mm. Um, 
coronavirus didn't invent the cell phones you can't figure out. <laughs> Take that personal. <laughs> well, that one was yeah, for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you eating a pizza? I'm eating a pizza, yeah. Fuck is it me. Wild Mike's? No, it's Red Baron. Wild Mike's is real good. You should get that Wild, shit. Staff should be brought to you by Wild Mike's Pizza. Wild Mike's Pizza. Fill the mic. <laughs> Put the mild in your mouth. Wild Mike's Pizza. Taste the wild. All right. John, yeah. th- John thinks he's goddamn Brad Pitt and has to eat in every goddamn show. I was thinking about going and getting myself a little refill of my beverage, but uh, I'll wait. <laughs> it's my turn, uh, eh? Yeah. Wait, wait for okay. a Jesse prompt, and then you'll have 15 minutes to yourself, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, just okay. kick back. <laughs> Even wa- in a haiku. <laughs> watch your children age. It'll be great. All right, I'm ready. All right, go ahead. I worry about Betty White and Dick Van Dyke, but no one likes you. <laughs> Very good. GF. Uh, this one's titled Inner Baby Monologue. Unless it's about a new Look Who's Talking film, Roseanne should shut up. <laughs> Jesse? Um, second is titled The Screeching Gumshoe. Detective Roseanne has cracked the case. Next, she solves this fake bird's horse shit. Hmm. <laughs> Jojo, your third of three. Fake birds. Birds aren't real. <laughs> birds, are, birds are not yeah. real. Okay. Uh, this one is titled Perspective. Um, Roseanne's claim to fame, getting killed off in Roseanne. And we got over that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Kim, your third of three. Why is she still here? Would someone turn off her mic? Don't put her on shows. <laughs> That's just good advice. Kim, right. your haiku, please. Stop reading messages that Jeff is <laughs> this sending. Is just, this is just what people are writing on the side of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Stop reading my personal messages to Jesse. <laughs> I'll try to take credit for that one. <laughs> Jeff. This one's titled Boomer's Credo. So back in my day, we, wa- we all walked uphill both ways if we craved death's kiss. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Jesse Jones. Uh, last one is Bone Appa Die. <laughs> if we knew it was this easy, we'd have eaten bat soup years ago. I like the, general, the general vibe was fuck Roseanne. I liked it. <laughs> that was uh, the topical haiku challenge. Brings us we're halfway. We're almost halfway there, guys and gal. I don't know what you guys. What you all right? Um, this segment's called "This Was Today Once." Uh, Jojo Lewis on this date, 1971, in an in an attempt to thaw relations with the United States, uh, China hosts the U.S. table tennis team for a week long visit. Uh, also on this very date, 1974, magicians Penn and Teller first meet. Uh, how'd you choose to sell in tandem? God, I really missed this is today one. I really missed it. So table tennis is a doubles game. And uh, doubles table tennis is arguably 
the ultimate sport. Mm. Uh, so it made sense. It's the ultimate American sport. So it made sense that we tried to outsource it in 1971 because some fat cat one percenter decided it was too expensive to have table tennis in the united states even though now all the table tennis plants are closed and there were whole towns built up around <laughs> table tennis that was the plot of tommy boy now what most people don't know is that penn and teller while being consummate magic boys are well known for their ability to take sturdy command on the table tennis field court table. And they're the ones who actually brought table tennis across that big other pond to China. Uh, and they did, and they do a lot of trick plays when they, when they play a lot of, you know, fire and hitting a dove with the racket. <laughs> That's most of what magic is. And uh, now did Penn and Teller meet at the table tennis outsourcing meet and greet in the seventies that a capitalist villain set up? I have it on good authority that they did. Because Penn doesn't remember that far, and Teller doesn't fucking talk. So I think I'm right on this one. So to celebrate this, these two great occasions, I, I celebrated them the only way I knew how. I, uh, I did ping pong table tennis, uh, and I threw a ping pong table ball at my TV <laughs> for it to uh, magically disappear and uh, reappear in a case of 100-year-old duck eggs. <laughs> I really hate this is today once, and I wish this bit would be retired. Thank you. You're so good at it. I know. <laughs> Very good, JoJo. Very good. <laughs> giving it his all. All right, handsome devil. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kim Martell. On this date, 1872, the first Arbor Day is celebrated in Nebraska, which is where I thought you lived. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got a Nebraska face. It's a big flat one with not a lot of talking and a lot of straw in people's mouths. Let's so talk about Kim's face that way. Jesus, Joe. I wish I was in Nebraska. Anyway, first Arbor Day celebrated in Nebraska, <laughs> 72. Uh, also on this very day, 2019, scientists from the Event Horizon Telescope Project uh, announced the first ever image of a black hole. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a particularly hard time for my family because, as you know, we had to cancel our second annual long time no see bury a tree spree, of which my <laughs> husband is a trustee and I, of course, am the MC. And this year, unfortunately, my son will be the only attendee. <laughs> However, we have set up a hassle free absentee adopt a tree TP for the Pee Wee Bourgeoisie, if that's more your cup of tea. I need you to stop now. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, we just take trees and we bury them in holes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Very good, Kim. Eminem <laughs> of Alabama. <laughs> also, just known as Eminem. Rude. Ah, <clears throat> uh, no. It's your turn. I'll read it. Okay. Thank uh, you. Uh, on this date, 1970, Paul McCartney announces that he is leaving the Beatles for personal and professional reasons. Uh, also on this very date, 1955, Dr. Jonas Salk successfully tests polio vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you choose to celebrate these things all mixed up? Uh, well, in the years leading up to the 1970, up to 1970, it was apparent that the Beatles were struggling. Uh, a lot of inner turmoil plagued the band and each member's creative directions were kind of split. Then in 1970, Paul McCartney left the foursome and one of the greatest bands ever, according to most of the internet, dis uh, disintegrated. Paul's announcement was sudden 
and vague. So through a series of interviews and through hours of research, I unearthed the real reason that the Beatles broke up. This is the story of the Beatles pro-polio anti-vaccination concept album that never came to be. Mm. And which ultimately led to their breakup. Let It Be was the Beatles' last album released, but it wasn't supposed to be, no. Another album was waiting in the wings that the band hoped would reignite the passion they all felt, an album about the evils of vaccinations. Secretly a fortet of staunch anti-vaxxers, the lads from Liverpool crafted a 12-track magnum opus that tried to put a more positive spin on influenza, hepatitis, and polio, featuring <laughs> song titles like You're Viral, But I Love You, Polio, Polia, Twist and Shout, But Just Your Upper Body, and With a Little Help from My Wheelchair. The album was set for a grand release, but was undermined when Dr. Jonas Salk announced a successful polio vaccine test. Public opinion was strongly in favor of ending polio for some reason, much to the band's dismay. And the decision was made to scrap the pro-polio album tentatively titled A Loving Sickness. I discovered that this album remains hidden away, only to be released once the two remaining members of the band, Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono, pass away. Very good. Very good, Jeff Brown. One more time. Everyone, everyone, give him <laughs> something. Jesse Jones, yeah. your turn. Uh, on this date, 1866, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty, Cruelty to Animals, the ASPCA, mm -hmm. uh, is founded. Uh, also on this very date, 1959, um, American singer and songwriter and guitarist Brian Setzer of the Brian Setzer Orchestra and the Stray Cats was born. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Since its creation, the ASPCA's charter included two more proactive divisions to forward its mission of the preservation or of the, of the prevention of cruelty to animals. <laughs> Even if it meant inflicting cruelty on their enemies to do so. So, since 1866, the ASPCA's off-the-books security force known as PETS, or the Protectors of Every Threatened Species, in association with their beyond-top-secret bioengineering and genetic manipulation division known internally as the Future Innovation Spliced Hybrid Engineering Sciences, or FISHES, have worked tirelessly to create the ideal soldier in their fight against human cruelty. In 1959, PETS and FISHES finally achieved their dream, a perfect Rockabilly-powered human-slash-feline hybrid. It's codenamed Brian Setzer. From 1981 up until the common publicly embraced use of the Internet in the mid to late 90s, Brian Setzer and his fellow lab-created HEPCATs were the ASPCA's greatest weapon in educating the general public on the coolness and unjivity of responsible cat adoption and caretaking. Brian Setzer was ultimately released from his duty to the ASPCA and his programming was all wiped from his memories in the late 90s when the invention of the internet cute cat videos supplanted jangly swing revival as the most effective tool in spreading the message of feline care and smush face chonky chonk lovin'. All of this is to say that I celebrated these things today by using them as a convenient explanation for, I s for why I spent the day eating grass in the backyard and then throwing up in the living room and sleeping for 16 hours. Cause shelter in place, y'all. <laughs> Very good, Jesse Jones. That was, this was, today once.
Great job, everyone. <laughs> All right, this brings us to our fourth of five segments of the evening. Uh, this segment is called Movie Makeup. Uh, please have composed a synopsis based off the following made-up movie titles. All movie titles are brought to us today by SwordCounter.net's random gener word generator. Word. Word up. Sword. Sword. Uh, Jojo Lewis, the name of your movie is called Small Glue Friend. Small Glue Friend. Small Glue Friend. Uh, Small Glue Friend is a made-for-TV movie on the Hallmark Channel about a young man named Smidgen Flu. <laughs> and Smidgen is the oldest boy at a, at a Christian seminary school in Hatville, Kentucky. And when he's studying that good book, he finds out that his copy has some pages falling out. So he's like, I'm going to fix this with some glue. And then he accidentally huffs the glue and he gets really high. But it also tunes him into that good word from the big they upstairs. Then there's a commercial break, and then uh, we see uh, Smidgen having lost his way because of his love of huffing glue, and by extension, the Lord, uh, which uh, he calls the glue his small glue friend, uh, which is a reference to his big holy friend Jesus, which is what Jesus is called. Uh, eventually, Smidgen gets everyone super high on glue, and it's decided that he be allowed to glue up all the Bibles. The end. <laughs> Very good, Jojo. Welcome. Very good. Very good. Gave the whole movie away with that. God damn, I don't have to watch it. Yeah. Spoiler That's alert. That's from the back of the DVD case. <laughs> it's a really big DVD case. <laughs> it's got a lot of B-roll. Yeah. Kim Martell, the name of your movie is called Rabbit Instrument. Rabbit Instrument. Okay, I'm gonna do this best I can. Instrument de la pont. <laughs> the movie opens on a poorly lit grocery store. A man smoking stands brooding in the meat department. Shoot to a black and white memory, he's a boy. His father dies of cancer in a state hospital. His mother remarries, but there's no love there. <laughs> Another memory, the man is a teenager. He's in a field, the silhouette of a woman stands by a tree. There's a shot of his face in profile and there's literally no way that you can glean what he's thinking or feeling. Cut to the man's face in present. He mouths a single word. It's unintentional or it's intentionally vague. Outside the grocery store, a blind elderly Japanese man in a suit plays the shamusen for no one. <laughs> Cut to black, fiend. Uh, I, I want to point out as a side note, and I did some research on this. This is actually Robin Spinelli's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> a message you sent me earlier just just shifted into focus i clicked yeah. now yeah mm. all right guys it, it was a french film mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a film noir in french that means film black <laughs> i've been studying french <laughs> look what you've driven her to Thanks, Corona. <laughs> Is that the end? Oh, yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Kim. Very good. Uh, Jeff, the name of your movie is called Space Mash. Space Mash. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, 
the year is 2234. Humanity has left Earth behind in search of meaning in the stars. As mankind stretches its fingers beyond our solar system, it finds that we are not alone. Nation states and planetary alliances battle over territory as a galactic civil war rages on. The Earth's space force has joined this battle and heroes are made, but not all heroes are on the front lines. No, the biggest heroes are the ones tending to the wounded. That's right, motherfuckers. I can't get YouTube to stop playing the MASH theme song. <laughs> you thought the story ended. You thought their time had passed. You were wrong. It's Space MASH. <laughs> Thanks to cryogenics, genetic memory, and cloning, the whole gang is back, and this time, they've got a universe to patch up. Join Hawkeye, played by Alan Ada, Alan Alda with the aid of $284 million worth of CGI de-aging technology. Hot Lips, played by Loretta Swit, wearing a 1970s Loretta Swit mask from an on-time, uh, online costume retailer. And Radar, recently deceased actor Wayne Rogers' corpse attached to a series of wires and pulleys as they maintain their sanity while patching up soldiers on a galactic scale. As the battle between Space United States and Space North Korea wages on, Will the MASH team maintain their sanity with dark humor and quips, or will the actors expire and be replaced with holographic doubles mid-shoot? Why not this summer when you see Space MASH? <laughs> One, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I liked it. Hopefully we didn't get kicked off because of the MASH uh, song. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I'm, I don't no there's it. no way they could have picked up on that. It was no. real bad quality. <laughs> Thank God. You mean my bit or the MASH theme song? Mm, little on. column A, little column B. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Yeah. The name of your movie is called Anxious Thunderleg. Yeah. Anxious Thunderleg. Let's hear it. Anxious Thunderleg is a full-length animated feature developed in cooperation with Child Psychologists and DreamWorks Animation Studios. It follows the adventures of a timid little brontosaurus named Thunderleg who's worried that, as he gets bigger and stronger, that he might accidentally hurt his little friends, Plateback and Flywing, after he almost squishes sweet little flappy fins while splashing around in the water one day. So instead of playing rough-and-tumble dinosaur games with the other big, clumsy, lumbering dinos, Thunderleg decides it'd be safer to just sit by the water and watch those silly, hairy animals in the trees and wonder what that's all about. But then, the two big bullies, Spiky Face and Fierce Tooth, start picking on Thunderleg's friends. And that's when Thunderleg discovers that sometimes, to help those smaller than you, you've got to find your own special gift and learn how to use it responsibly. But when it's all said and done, can Thunderleg, Flywing, Fierce Tooth, and all the other dinosaur pals on the great grass country learn a thing or two about overcoming their own personal obstacles, not letting their fears dominate their futures, 
and being their very best selves in time to save their friends and family from the bright, angry star in the sky that just seems to be getting bigger and bigger every day. Well, if anyone can, Thunderleg and his pals will. Anxious Thunderleg rated friendship, niceness, and good. And written almost exclusively as a direct counter-response to the horrors of my first anagram earlier. All better! (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Movie makeup. I just want to take a moment to point out that Roman Spinelli is watching right now. And I like you a lot, and it was not not nothing personal. (laughs) 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 Thanks for tuning in to my TED Talk. I crowdsourced, and you all said Roman. (laughs) Kim, for God's sake, why? Cut her fucking mic now. You're... You're canceled. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and move on to the <laughs> final segment of the evening. Uh, it's called Write an Erotic Poem About It. Write an Erotic Poem About It. Uh, please compose an erotic poem in regard to the following topics. Jojo Lewis, let's hear an erotic poem in regards to making a baby. <clears throat> making a baby. Hot damn. Did you ever imagine a single sperm cell bubbling its way down a vaginal canal? I didn't think so. Nor did you imagine the wall of that egg would have a structural defect and that the big sperm cell would bash its forehead against it until its head popped right off. (laughs) Aw, yeah. Now you're licking up that fish oil, them greens, circus peanuts at 2 a.m. for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Shit. Making babies, more like bacon babies, because the oven's burning and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, and diabetes that's slowly spreading to your entire body because your internal chemistry's all fucked up. And then I jizz. <laughs> Erotic poem about making a baby. Thank you. Do you know what a poem is? Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Very good? Question mark. All right, Tim. <laughs> It was a poem with the question mark at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kim, it's your turn. Let's hear your uh, erotic poem about endangered species. All right. This is a, a style of poetry I would like to call cringe poetry. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who was a 12-year-old boy uh, knows what it is to write this poem. Um, my poem is entitled Turtle Power. <laughs> Sea turtle, I know you're threatened, but I respect you. Some people want to eat you, but not me. I'd take you out to eat, maybe. Feed each other seagrass. Make sure you don't ingest plastic. I know you're suffering from habitat loss. You can stay at my place. I'll fill the tub. Your shell's filthy. (laughs) You're 120 years old, but you only look like 65. I bet a lot of people tell you that. I could see myself growing old with you, turtle. I won't even bring up your three-foot penis with a head that shoots semen in four different directions like a terrifying fire hose of semen. (laughs) Unless you want me to, because I respect you. Very good. Very good. You're Martell. I learned a lot Uh, about sea turtles today. (laughs) 
glad this is on the internet for your son to learn. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be in about a week when we're learning about endangered species. I'm going to bring this up. Yo, did you know the sea turtles? All right. Uh, Jeff, let's hear your erotic poem about butter. Butter. So I haven't read this out loud yet. <laughs> so this is, um, all right. Your taste, a salty splash on my tongue, a golden surprise, melts inside my mouth. My throat muscles churn and churn and churn and churn. I was going to mute you. <laughs> Can I go home? <laughs> Better not say and shirt again, I swear to God. <laughs> I can feel you inside me. <laughs> I'm not even done yet. <laughs> okay. Fuck you, Jojo. <laughs> You're decadent. I'm lactose intolerant. Our passion to cataclysm deep in my bowels. My body says no, 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 no. Oh God, no. I'm going to burst. You are in my very soul, a yellow tinged tormentor, seeping through my being, staining my throne, gripping my country crock. You are my dairy queen and I am your faithful servant. Let me glisten for you. Very, very good job. Good job. All right. Was that the end? I hope. Was yeah, that the end? Fine, right? <laughs> it, it was, was moving. Emotional. Yeah, that was good. That was. I'm, that, that's that's it. I'm. I've, I've finished. All right. <laughs> that is that is the climax of his poem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rose to the top. Jesse Jones. Yeah. Uh, let's hear your erotic poem in regards to sheds. Uh -huh. A shed. Sheds. I told her you'd be my workshop. A place to store all the tools I would use. Instead, I'm just in there now nonstop. Overworking the one tool I abuse. <laughs> in my man cave. No need to behave. Got all the porn I crave. Amateur exhibition turns out to be my fave. Out there with no pants, they misbehave. And to their naughtiness, I am their slave, giving myself a thorough finger wave. Sequestered away by padlock, filling up my favorite tube sock. Only leave when I have to restock up on lube. Then it's back to the business and I won't stop. Everybody needs their own special place where they can escape from the world and dress up all in lace, where there are simply no rules, no such thing as disgrace, and where they can have a little chuckle when they accidentally shoot on their own face. And for me, that is you, my little getaway shed, my perverted little castle where I dream of street head. 
Very good. Uh, that's the end of Stab. Uh, one more time for all <laughs> the contestants you've seen tonight. JoJo Lewis, Yay. Jeff Brown, Yay. Tim Martell, Jesse Jones. If you want to see more Stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, the primary of which being Twitch. Uh, go to Twitch. We're all, we're, it's there. It's in other places, too. Just <laughs> type it into a computer and you'll find it. Okay, thank you. This has been the, the best uh, attended stab that I've ever been on. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say. It